Now, I'm aware that there is a saying that you learn something new every day. I'm sure you're aware of this as well. I mean, tell me if you're not, but I assume you're, assume you're aware of that lesson or that uh, little ditty. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I've come across it. Yeah, um, I was just wondering if you think there's a time when one can elect to stop learning. And I ask this because I wouldn't mind just, just a quick break from learning stupid stuff about myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel, I know that it's important to, you can, you can take a lesson from life every day. I wouldn't mind just not learning some horrible or stupid truth about myself just for a bit. I think lockdown is particularly conducive to, you know, like... F- being very reflective and kind of having that time to either do the homework on therapy or just kind of sit and think. I don't know if there's a point where I can just go just just for a bit. I don't want to be. I don't want to be finding out more dark truths. Maybe that's just me. I don't know what you think to that. Uh, I think it's. I think it's an inevitable uh, evil that I think you let let in when you kind of like try to stay open minded. <laughs> Um, I'm a big believer in like you should learn something new every day. I actually would go one step further and say you shouldn't learn something new every day. You should learn multiple things new uh, every hour of every day um, because I think that's a, the best way to sort of stay mentally healthy and, and also be an effective human being, uh, at, at least the type of human being that I like to socialize with are, are people who are constantly open to learning and are constantly learning and trying to learn and do new things. But I think inevitably when you try to live your life that way, um, you're going to open the floodgates. And yeah, inevitably that will lead to you doing certain things that you may then go, oh, I don't like that about myself. Uh, oh God, I feel like shit now. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so I I understand your plight, but I, I think it's a bit of an inevitability. And I think you kind of have to take it on the chin. Um yeah, it's it's worth it with everything else that you get. And I guess when you mentioned that you're the kind of people you like to socialise with and kind of keeping yourself sane. And actually, it, there is, <clears throat> pardon me, that there there's the case for saying, <clears throat> why am I so phlegmatic at the moment? I don't mean one of the four humours, I mean generally phlegmy. Well, but, phle- um, phlegm is one of the four humours. I'd rather you be phlegmy than um, black bile because that, that of, <laughs> of the four humours, black bile sounds like the worst. And I, I, you know, I, I don't want that to be of all the humours. I don't want that to be out of balance because I think when phlegm is out of balance, you can at least spit it out. Whereas black bile, it feels like it's going to come out of some end uh, other than the mouth. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but then there's also yellow bile. Um, I, 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 I try it not not for like any practical uses, but more for like just because it's interesting. I try to. I routinely try and remember or like look up what the humours are, and I very promptly forget them. Yeah, I've um, forgotten what but... they are as well. Is is it literally phlegm, yellow bile, black bile, and then one more? What's the other one? Blood. 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 I think's the other uh, one. See, that's your trouble. You got too much blood. Well, because I was also thinking of the four humours as um, melancholic, phlegmatic, sanguine, and choleric. I think. I think they might the be as one. well because that sounds that does sound really familiar. I never learned about this at, then, uh, at uni because I didn't take the uh, I didn't take the relevant modules. I don't think um, because you because you didn't take medieval medicine. Yeah, it's because I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. take the ap- apothecary uh, course. No, I think it was because I, di- I didn't take uh, 
Jacobean uh, and Renaissance. Actually, you know what? Tell a lie. I did take Renaissance literature, and I I really regretted it because a lot of it is shit. Um, maybe we. You know what? I bet you we did learn about the four humors. The the four humors sticks in my head more so because I learned about it in high school, like way before I should have learned about it. Um, because I had this really really amazing literature teacher, uh, Mrs. Bullman, uh, and she was basically. She was wasted at my school. She, like, should have been teaching uni. Um, but for whatever reason, she was still teaching high school. But, uh, yeah. Carol, if you're listening, I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, lots of love. Uh, but, yeah, she was great. And I remember she she brought up... Uh, she, she brought up the four humours and taught us all about that. Well, I think it's also a... Um, it's kind of a plot device, in a way. That, like, you can... <clears throat> if you could... Sp- take four people and exaggerate their traits within those four humours, then, like, <clears throat> see, yeah, carrying on being phlegmatic. And I don't actually know what phlegmatic means in terms of the four humours. I keep getting them sort of confused and, like, they seem, some of them seem similar, but then maybe that's just because I'm not paying attention. Not so much but so. The... I, think, I think people were stupider back in those days. So, you know, I, I, I'd expect to get them confused all the time. I think the yeah the original point I was I, think I was trying to say before, like risking spitting on the pop guard. I mean that's what it's there for to stop Flem getting on the microphone. But I think the original point was yeah you kind of have to take the inevitable realizations with the continual small stimulation of your brain that you're completely within your control to do. And I guess I wouldn't you know imagine not learning something new and just kind of stagnating in terms of your personal growth. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? there's definitely external factors that can stagnate growth, like lockdown. Now, again, that's not me complaining about, that's not me trying to falsify the need for lockdown at all. It's just, it's just, again, it's something that is inevitable that I think that we find that more so than ever, we might be stuck or, you know, feel stuck when we weren't or feel more stuck when we previously felt somewhat stuck. I seem to have, in the last few weeks, come to Plopcast, it might just be the last two and I'm exaggerating again, but I've come with like, something has happened to me in the week and I'm trying to regurgitate what I've learned but not in like a constructive way that people can learn from it, it's just me going, you know it's like it's like a Mr. Men book, isn't it? Like it's, um, <laughs> right. like this week it's like, it's Mr. Mr. Impatient Data Loss it's like, well can you learn anything from this? What, no, um, apart from what, what shape and colour do you think Mr. Mr. Uh, impatient Data Loss would be? Well, I've got a... Um, I think I've found a corrupted file that I tried to recover. I'm making light of this so I don't cry. But I, tr- I, I found a f- file which is only partially recovered. I think it was like a photo I just found somewhere like on Facebook or something. But it, it was when I was making those stupid cards for um, Tabletop Simulator of us guys. And I think, to be fair, I think Tabletop Simulator saved that you know in in my own personal cloud so those those stupid cars are still going to be there but um i think if you can imagine it's not really a shape as such if you imagine like you know you have roger hargreaves mr impatient data loss you don't necessarily have eyes or legs or something but like you have a, a, a white space except for like a few slits of green or pink pixels and it's like kind of like a, a really shitty hologram that Mr. Impatient Data Loss occasionally sort of 
like slips into this dimension and then kind of goes away again. And when people talk to him, it's very much like, I see you as a him, just because I I'm a him. And people sort of talk to him, and, and he sort of disappears and go, uh, "Hello, you still there?" And the case you go like, "You know, even though that you can only see a few lines, a few pixelated lines." Mm. I think it's just it's quite disconcerting. I mean, that's kind of why his, his lessons hard to say because he is uh, his his witticisms keep getting corrupted just by and saying like I honestly can't understand what you're saying. It's as if there's some sort of corruption along the way. Um, if you think I've lost it, please write to us at plot.cast420 at gmail.com. <laughs> You've lost it. That just reminds you of one of my one of my favorite uh one of my favorite Simpsons lines of all time, uh, which is uh, a flashback to Homer and Barney being young and like combing their hair and singing in Homer's bedroom, and Grandpa Simpson uh, Abe comes into the room and tells him to keep it down, and Homer says to him, um, he says, "Oh, you don't understand, Dad. You know, you're not with it," and uh, and Grandpa says, "I used to be with it." But then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what is it is weird and scary to me. And I just think uh, that is that's one of the most beautiful lines ever ever written. Yeah, I think that the Simpsons does come up with these beautiful lines. I mean, on a very silly note, I I'd forgotten that there was a bit in the Simpsons where. Uh, Homer is accused of like inappropriately grabbing a lady. Oh, that's a great and, episode. That that episode is, and, I think, is and, actually aged surprisingly well, and like is a really really nice illustration of where we have gone so wrong with like can, can, uh, like cancel culture nowadays. If you if you like episodes that take on a that that take that kind of maybe let's get take a foot off the gas with this cancel culture. Maybe I'm confusing it with something else, but anyway, a good episode that kind of deliberately makes you take a step back from the kind of progress at all costs is there's an episode of Atlanta where there's like one of the one of the rising rap stars as friends with Donald Glover's character. I can't remember the names, but because I've only seen like the odd sporadic episode, but yeah, there's a the episode is entirely based on this sort of TV chat show about. Uh, you know, like the use of language and whatnot and, you know, not causing offence. And one of the the other guests on it is someone who has decided to become transracial. So they are formerly a black person and they want to identify as white. Right. And it's that, like... Yeah, so obviously, like, that is, is a kind of way of explaining, like, you know, are people going to, you know, be quick to be on board with new terminology and kind of, you know, where who draws the line of language you use... I mean, obviously, it's framed as kind of a joke, and also, the the episode is peppered with like in- increasingly like political adverts about like what people have based stereotypes about black people, and so it starts with like it it, it starts with like a Mercedes advert, and then there's and there's a guy driving it. I think people are sort of looking at me on the shores, like essentially to say, "Is that your Mercedes?" Yeah, that kind of look, and. I mean, that kind of shit happened to one of my dad's old colleagues when we were living in America. Like, one of his colleagues, who was an anaesthetist who happened to be black, would be late to work because police would pull him over for a random check 
even though he could probably show his fucking hospital ID card and say like, "Oh, it's yeah, it's it's totally real." Look, thing. I'm an I mean, I'm an anaesthetist. Yeah, the, the, the worst I've ever seen. Uh, I think it's one that's probably got like a, a bajillion views on YouTube now. But uh, there was one that I saw where a black a black woman got pulled over, and uh, yeah, these two cops <clears> were like hassling her uh, of like, yeah, the thing of, "Oh, is this your car?" Da, 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 da. And it only turned out that she was like the district attorney for that area. Oh yeah. So she just it's brilliant because she she just asks for the guys like badge numbers and everything. But yeah, no, it's uh yeah, it's it's fucking awful in America. Uh, it's happened in uh it has happened in this country a few times. I know there was um I think it was uh these uh two athletes that are a couple. Uh I think they both I think what either one of them or both of them have been in the Olympics. But they're both athletes. Uh, they they had the same experience of like they were just driving through London in like their BMW, and they, they just kept getting pulled over. It's it's fucking awful. It's complete insanity. Actually, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, but uh, I think they were. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Recently. It does happen. <laughs> that's sorry. That's me doing a Rick Sanchez. What a way to So, but I think fairly recently there was a. A barrister who rocked up in court and kind of sort of was challenged to see if, like, you know, if she was in the right place. And she's like, well, you know, he, despite, you know, the, the, the fact that she's black doesn't, you know, to the people in the court kind of mention think, oh, you know, wrong, possibly in the wrong place. But no, she was a barrister and was actually on, you know, serving the fucking court <sighs> of law. That's fucking insane, man. I can't remember the details. So that probably doesn't serve my sort of added you know exemplifying of where society is still racist but the point being that it still happens but yeah watch that episode of atlantic because it's there's a lot of genius points in it and it is yeah um from what i've seen it's a good show yeah no ludo's been uh ludo's been banging on at me for ages to to watch atlanta Uh, i think the best way he like sold it to me was he was like oh it's uh it's it's black twin peaks um, which I think is yeah, you could say that. I yeah. think that's how Donald Glover actually sold it in interviews and stuff. Because I think he, uh, I think he's, I, I think is it not only does he write it, is he also the creator and did he and he acts in it as well? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I I'm a big. For... I, I really like Donald Glover. I think he's great. So uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's yeah for on the my list. For the longest time, I think I wanted to be like a version of Donald Glover in terms of musician writer you know comedian i mean you know amongst many things recently i've had to really look at myself and kind of go well you know where the intrinsic values where the extrinsic values or rather what what is what am i being driven in you know by an internal desire to do or you know external external kudos or you know pressures as i'm sure i've talked about on this show many times the uh i think you could probably there's someone Hopefully, just in the future, they'll, they'll, you know, by episode 100, they'll kind of go like, yeah, actually, you've, by by episode 75, you've actually covered everything you will have ever said in this show based on the episodes afterwards. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that's fine. Maybe that's, that's just me thinking I talk too much about the same stuff. No, it's fine. And man. that's, that's was, kind of why I was thinking earlier about, um, about how I need to start doing more on Plopcast and like maybe trying to like do more to like get it out there to the people. Uh, and I was, yeah, I, I was like lying in bed in the morning. I was thinking to myself like, uh, oh, 
how do I like maximize, uh, you know, people being able to find us and, you know, this, what is it? The search engine optimization. Uh, the only reason it got me thinking of this was because I, uh, so for any listeners that don't know, which will be everyone, um, I am like working on putting some of the episodes on YouTube just as some kind of sort of like archive and uh, just as like just an extra place where people can listen um and I've, I've put like three episodes on youtube so far and if you actually type in like plopcast um on in the search bar like if you just type in just plopcast uh like we don't even come up which is insane because like that those are the exact that's the exact phrase that should find our video but I think you have to like. Sc- I'm gonna have a look now. Actually, it's in- is this in the YouTube search bar? It, yeah, yeah. Just t- type in Plopcast and just as I'm talking, see how long it takes you to actually find our video. You'll spot it straight away because I use the thumbnail. But um, yeah, uh, I guess I just need to, you know, make a bigger. I guess we just have to make a bigger push on um, social media. Well, I've got it as the, I've got it as the second result. Really. I've got Every Day is a Sunday album, episode two. Go listen now. And, and, and that is it's, just... It's actually... That's just from searching Plopcast on YouTube. Yeah, Plopcast. I've done it all lowercase. Um, the... Yeah, the, the first result is actually an ad, so that doesn't count. So... So the actual... The first result that is like a video that isn't an ad is um, the second episode of Plopcast as uploaded... To YouTube. Wow. Well, I certainly feel a lot better. I wonder why it's just different things for me. Maybe it's to do with like my algorithm. Because I mean, I've I've got. Like... It might be. I mean, I'm also. I, I think I am subscribed to the channel. No, I'm not actually. No, that's interesting. Get subscribed. Uh... You're you're the you're the other creator of Flopcast. I probably should. We need to also get our friends to subscribe because, uh, yeah, the views are looking a little low. Not I that also it matters. Learned... I mean, I, I only put it on YouTube as a as a sort of as an archive, like I say, as an archive. I mean, when we when we get to a thousand subscribers, we can. Um, I found out some ways that you can break YouTube. Excellent. Um, well, then, hey, is... you you heard, listener? Can you help us get to a thousand um... subscribers? There was. A... <laughs> I don't think we've had a thousand plays across all the episodes we've released. Can you help us get to ten subscribers? (laughs) I don't know. I've said to you and the producer, I don't. uh, I don't look at. I I never log into Anchor. I don't. I don't look at the uh, analytics or the stats. I mean, I I do just to see. It's mainly to see what new countries have come on the radar. Um. I guess that is that, fu- that's that is fun it. to see where you know people are listening. Yeah, I can't imagine it's changed much since I last listened. Listen, fuck's sake! Is it Russia? Since is I last it Russia? Looked. What do you mean? Is it Russia? I, I, that's exactly what I'm saying because I know what the answer is. I mean, so going from top to bottom in terms of uh, geographic locations of our listeners. So 83% from the UK, 14% are from the United States. Then the next five are all less than 1%. But less than 1% from of listeners, or that small amount, are from Russia, told you. Germany, Indonesia. I fucking told you. Indonesia, Singapore, and Canada. 
But you, the Russian thing is because I told you. Oh, yeah, it is. Sure. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm doing. I'm. Uh, it's just uh, doing it funny. You're milking that. <laughs> I mean, Russia, Germany, Indonesia, Singapore, and Canada don't have enough data to do some specifics, but. Spasiba, uh, Russia. The tops. But the top state in the United States that we listen to is in Ohio, which I don't quite. I don't see how it would appear in any particular place at all. Oh, that's easy. Like, it's because like... there's, there's this fuck all going on in Ohio. It's like the uh, the Midwest. <laughs> uh, they've got nothing else going on. Uh, it's probably how they get our airwaves. Although, I, what I will say about Ohio is um, a couple of things. Um, Ohio nurtured and essentially raised one of my favorite authors, um, which is... Um, William H. Gass, who was uh, he was born he was actually born in Fargo in North Dakota, but his family moved to a, well, the the Fargo the Fargo, no less the Fargo oh. popularized by um, the film and the TV show. Uh, even though only one out of the four seasons of the TV show even takes place remotely near Fargo, but that's part of the gag. But uh, so Bill Bill Gass grew up in um, in Ohio. Um, and it basically gave birth to probably what is considered his magnum opus and is one of my favourite books, uh, The t- the Tunnel. Uh, again, for anyone who actually wants to look this up, it's The Tunnel by William H. Gass. Um, although it is an, uh, it's an evil book, uh, is what I will say. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, like, it, it's, it's... A horrible horrible book uh but but it's meant to be it, it, you know it's a hard sell basically because it's, it's it's a book that's written from the point of view of this like this bigger um and essentially when you read the book you kind of like letting yourself into like uh it's like 650 plus pages of this like absolutely repugnant character just like spewing filth but it's brilliant it's an incredible read um, but a lot of a lot of uh, William H. Gass's like imagination and writing and like the, the strength of his writing came out of the fact that like out of the fact that Ohio is such a fuckingly fucking incredibly dull place to live. Um, but I don't know though. Uh, another one of my favorite films, uh, the Robert Rodriguez film, The Faculty, uh, is set in Ohio. So if any of if any Ohioans are listening, please, um, we'd love to hear from you, uh, and let me know if all of my broad generalizations uh, are correct. Uh, if not, don't listen to me. I'm just a fucking thick, limey bastard. So uh, you know, pay no attention to me. I mean, if if we're being listened to from places like Cincinnati, then like, I mean, there's probably shit to do there. Like they've got a football team, so at least like you can go and see the football team. Is it? Is it Cincinnati Bagels? Is that a football? Not Bagels, Bengals. <laughs> we've the, got we've got a football team. team. The the what, plopcast the, the plop yeah the plopcast all stars. Uh, who's? I before before we get on to who is on the yeah, here's a here's a football team. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals is a is a um pigskin pigskin over goal team. 
I don't want. I, di- I didn't want to say American football for some reason. With like, with you know with a, a plopcast chickens. Yeah. As in, because somebody's, um, somebody's chicken. Yeah. Because we we st- we stand around chicken. in the alleyway wearing tuxedos, yeah. throwing the pigskin around. Oh well, yeah, we don't want to. Why does Tommy Wiseau call the uh, Greg Chicken in the actual film? I know I what don't, he calls it. I don't know because the... I've never seen the film. No, of course. Oh yeah, of course you haven't. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm sure. I've, I feel like I've mentioned this last time, but if, for whatever reason, like I've been willing to kind of bob along with lockdown and kind of you know, you know, I don't mind it so much and being you know I can entertain myself. But I think once we started testing your mic, I was very much like, can we? Oh, I wish we could just hang out. Just do this in person. I think it's also like with film nights. Like this is good, but I've been watching a lot of Best of the Worst. And it's like, well, they all get to sit on sofas you next least, to each other. You want to reach a hand out and like maybe just touch your friend's shoulder and just give it a light squeeze and be like, not to say anything, but you just know that when you lock eyes, you just know that like. I mean, I'm saying if I did this to you, we'd lock eyes, and, mm. and in my eyes, you just see me saying. Uh, I love you so much, my beautiful boy. Feel feel my hand on your shoulder, and feel my life force. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, yeah, it sounds daft, but yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, man. I I'm really really looking forward to uh, 2027 when we uh, we could all get together <laughs> again and uh, actually sit in a room and watch a film together. Uh, we can all take off our gas masks. And uh, take our um, take our Radex pills, and uh, just watch a uh, you know, and uh, blow the dust off an old DVD copy of uh, I don't know Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, and uh, all sit around and watch <laughs> that around the f- around the campfire. But uh, yeah, it'll happen, man. And, and like to be fair, I think when we all it'll get together happen. in person, we'll I think we'll watch something good. Um, I think we owe it yeah, to it's ourselves. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Just, just because there's so Find many film. that I've like wanted to queue up on bad film night, um, but we've you know I think like whether it's been me or like you know any of the other boys, we've kind of made that executive decision of like that is too good. So you know I am yeah. trying my best to keep a list of the two goods that we could actually watch together because I still want to watch watch them with you all uh, in the same way that I'm also making my list of what I am now calling. Uh, film night after dark which is the really fucked up like snuff stuff that maybe i know not everyone will want to watch but some of the other deviants some of the other secret deviants will come and watch it with me um i think i'm gonna make like a uh kind of a loose lips sink ships policy with plopcast after, well, not plopcast after dark <laughs> we could we could we could do plopcast after dark bad film night after dark uh in the sense of the only person you know is an actual member of Film Night After Dark is me, and then all the other members, they, they will remain anonymous so that none of you guys can judge each other. You can all judge me, because that's inevitable. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, say I want to get a cohort of boys to, like, watch... I don't know. I think I- I- Ebola Syndrome is the big one I want to watch. So, you know, who- whoever comes and watches Ebola Syndrome with me their names will not be spoken you know that they're, they're safe they're like mate they're like freemasons you know no one's gonna know who's actually you know on the square as it were 
But we all know that you're a Freemason in this analogy. No, well, you'll know I am, but not what they are, because, you know, we'll keep them secret, you know. Well, not about wheel. I mean, like, you might be on your own here. Yeah, I probably I mean, I will, what, but it'd be like... really nice, because I've got a feeling that there's... I've got a feeling of which of the boys will be, you know, maybe want to come for a little, a little, a little after dark action, a little voyeuristic adventure into uh, into your in, in, into your nighttime program. Well, hey, I make no apologies. I, I didn't make the film. It's not my fault. The show. Oh no, no, it's no, not no, my no, fault no, no, that's not me making fun of it. I don't know. It's just knows me creatively saying watching a film with you. Well, maybe not so creative, is it? It, uh, perhaps I, perhaps I construed my own point. But yeah, I, I miss being able to sit and watch a film with friends. I miss going out for curry. I miss going to the pub. I miss being able to fix technical issues with someone else in the room and then giving up and then going to the pub anyway. Uh, I miss not having to adjust myself to talk over. Like a computer program, so you know, like I could, you can feed off actual body language and like read the room. Uh, yeah, I know, and I shouldn't bemoan like, you know, the whole world is going through this pandemic at the moment. I know that I'd rather people gave a shit about, you know, not only their own health but the health of others, particularly those that are more vulnerable. But I think it's, I think it's also now that it's because, essentially, because of a shitty PhD interview and. Some other personal events have happened to me that I've been really kind of like hit across the face and kind of gone, you know, learned some stuff about myself. But also, that's what I was talking about. Is is there a time we can take an amnesty from this like almost near bombardment of just like learning who you are? But maybe that's as you say, that's part of a mature adulthood. But it's kind of occurred to me that I have put off actually making a concrete decision about my life like forever. Because it's like, oh, I'll, you know, go to uni. I enjoy not, you know, I was going to do medicine, but I'm happy not doing medicine. And I'll just see what happens when I get there. And maybe I'll, you know, get successful creatively. Then it says, oh, I'll do a master's. Then, you know, the same thing. I'll get a job. And I'll, you know, I'll be successful creatively eventually. And it's like, okay, now I won't have that job. I'll try and move to move to the continent. And but before that happens during lockdown, I'll, I'll make something creative. And now we're here and it's like, well, I probably won't move to the continent possibly because maybe traveling will get out my system and i still haven't made a concrete decision about what to do with my life and so it's now like and you might be feeling the same thing so forgive me if i've ended up just digging up those skeletons but now it's just like oh yeah i'm putting things off forever and that's that's a and i think the thing is is like learning stuff about yourself is not a fun experience it's not like a because the whole, like, I'm really kind generally comes from, like, other people and people giving you compliments. Or you have to really put an effort in to kind of go, well, actually, that thing I did was really kind. But when you suddenly learn something about yourself just from the environment, it's normally not a nice thing. Or, like, it's normally, like, part of your shadow side. And it's like, okay, this is another thing I have to learn to live with. Uh, I don't know I if mean, you agree with any of what. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad you acknowledge that you have a shadow side because we all do, and like the fact that you acknowledge that is is really healthy. But like, I mean, I I already, I already know you're a you're a sound guy. I mean, that's why I, that's why I like you, and that's why we're we're that's why we're creating a podcast together. But um, I, yeah, I exactly. I don't worry about it too much, man. I mean, from what you're saying, I mean, yeah, it gets you down. It gets, hey man, it gets me down. 
But the fact that you're learning this stuff about yourself, like, I mean, the best way to look at it is like, yeah, okay, maybe you're learning a load of shit stuff about yourself now, but that just means that good stuff's around the corner. And I'd say that, like, I, I yeah, think that's true. We we are in the same position, me and you. I mean, I, I mean, you're slightly younger than me, so you've got that going for you. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I mean, you know, I I did I did my undergrad, I went into my masters, and then I was like, oh yeah, I'll duck out and uh, get a job and save some money. That went fucking nowhere, and like four jobs later, I'm still miserable, still living with my parents, and uh, yeah, have this thing of like ongoing self-hatred uh which again i have to kind of live with and like yeah like you say it's it, it's annoying because it's like oh shit you know do i have to like reevaluate my whole uh existence and stuff but uh i don't know i don't know i'd i'd, I'd just say just take it one day at a time man and like you know you, you're doing fine and you never know you never know what's around the corner so i mean i mean for the perspective of what i'm trying to do is i'm just trying to like keep reading uh i've been trying to read loads of stuff i've decided to stop buying books and actually start reading the books i've got which is loads so i'm like working through reading through my bookshelf which is fucking huge um i've like i, I wrote a bit today uh which i haven't done in oh, ages cool. so i was like and i mean when i say a bit i mean a bit i mean like i, I wrote like i wrote a thousand words um but it's still something i mean yeah that's like, it was great i would felt... say a thousand i'd say a th- i'd say a thousand words is like my if you can imagine like what could you get a good amount like what's your kind of hard like decent limit for words i'd say like a thousand words for me might be a good like i could guarantee i could guarantee that like a thousand okay-ish words could come out of me in a given day yeah in, in, in a day stuff. that's what i'm trying for i mean i mean ultimately my yeah yeah mine is uh 1800 is my is what i'd like to be banging out but no it was nice and it was like it was something that like it, it felt kind of cool though because it's something that i've had in my head for a while and i i was like putting off writing but then i was like i just need to write this down because i just i literally need to get it out of my head and on yeah for sure you know and that was nice to be able to do that and i haven't done it in ages um ideally you shouldn't really be i mean i i've heard you shouldn't really be doing that because what's happened is basically i've not written for so long and inspiration has finally come to me and i've written and you know they always say like oh you know you shouldn't wait for inspiration you should actually get up and force yourself to write so i probably will start doing that Mm. but um i mean everyone's in the same boat at the moment and uh people have it a lot worse than us as well so i think the thing is just keep chugging along and just keep going and keep yeah making stuff i mean at least and just ultimately the big thing to take solace in i mean it might be false hope but it's it's all i hope for is that something good's coming Uh, you know i don't know when uh but it is you know i mean i guess the main thing is to look forward to is the end of lockdown and when you know me and you and the gang could all sort of see each other again uh and it'll be great it'll be amazing and uh and it's you know it's gonna happen uh and yeah just you know that just live live for that and just uh get out of bed every day eat well look after yourself stay strong and just use that as your goal really because i mean you know i mean i i want to see you I've... i mean i'm gonna see you Oh, Whether you yeah, like no, it or not. Yeah, and I really want to, yeah. Well, I, I will like it. I'm looking forward to it. I, mean, it's... I will like it. I'd I, I, I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't mean to be condescending here, 
but I think it's a nice. I really appreciate hearing it from you, as in like it's for me that that's nice that demonstratively on this show that we both kind of have a going in you know the same direction in terms of what we want to say. I know that like we we know what we like anyway, but it's it's for me it's really nice to hear it from from you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's also that tells me that you're like moving on up a little bit even if it's just like in terms of outlook or or you know have uh, yeah stop me if it's condescending but it's nice to hear that you know you're in in a, in a way on the up and up oh yeah and... i mean not not condescending at all and i mean like i i am a bit but i mean like the, the reason i am on an up and up is is purely because of like uh what i was saying to you before we started recording which is um i started watching the sopranos um and that is like my new thing to live for because fuck me that show is so good um it's been on my like watch list for a long time and uh i recently finished i basically i usually always me and my family usually uh always try and have because uh, i've been living at home for so long we usually always try and have a TV show on the go, you know, like a, something serialized that we work our way through. Um, and for a while, it was Kirby Enthusiasm, which is um, is is phenomenal. Um, definitely go check out Kirby. I've seen a handful of episodes of it. I think I've seen a handful of episodes of it, and I've loved all of them. Oh, like, it's I think is it wonderful? It is. Um, is Kirby Enthusiasm that has the episode about the like the Palestinian chicken place? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, yeah, essentially, uh, yeah, Larry and his friends find out that uh, yeah, the pa- the Palestinian chicken place does like some of the best chicken in town, but the the rub is that they're they're all Jewish, so they kind of feel bad for like eating there. Um, but basically, what endears Larry to the Palestinian people is that in the car park he gets in an argument with a friend of his who insists on wearing a yarmulke and L- Larry pulls the yarmulke off uh, and like yeah. throws it in the car park and from inside the restaurant they all think oh this guy hates Jews he's amazing so they'll start cheering oh, yeah. and basically ultimately L- Larry ends up like uh, in a sexual relation a really sort of like hot spicy sexual relationship with this Palestinian chick um, but her whole thing is that uh, she thinks that Larry like hates Jews, and that like even integrates into like the actual sex acts. It's it's fu- oh, yeah, it's, I do remember this. So we talk about it, yeah. Yeah, like I think I, I think it's really funny how th- at the end, like there's a uh, there's all the like the uh, the really hardline Jewish people protesting the Palestinian restaurant, and obviously the, all the Palestinians are supporting the restaurant. And then Larry's just st- literally stuck in the in the middle. Right? Yeah, 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 and then like. And then rather than him making a decision, he just looks at the camera, then he goes, and it just ends. It just ends. And it's like, it's it's almost like a kind of a nod to those sort of sitcoms where like you go, whoopsie, did it again. But like, he doesn't say it. It's just like, he just gives a look of going like, really? Why? Well, that's something that I never, and it just ends. that's a broader thing that I actually don't get out of Curb that most people do, which is um, a lot of people who watch Curb have come off watching Seinfeld. And there's like there's loads of jokes in Curb that like refer to Seinfeld because the idea is that like you know Larry David created you know created Seinfeld, um, and a lot a lot of the gags in Curb is the idea that basically Larry's made all this money from Seinfeld and he lives in Hollywood, 
but he doesn't have he, he this is just in the world of the show in the show basically larry plays a fictionalized version of himself um he is like this this like hollywood uh how to describe him he's just like hollywood royalty almost and he doesn't have the next creative project so the show beautifully feet like beautifully focuses on larry just trying to get by day to day whether it's like eating in a restaurant or like going for a walk and because he's such a curmudgeon he'll like basically piss someone off and that's kind of the basis for the show um anyway uh we were watching that and um we also watched most recently uh season four of fargo uh which was fantastic um i was slightly dubious because because fargo is one of those shows where every season is really good but you you sort of worry that the next season might be the one where they lose it um just because of because uh, fargo functions on an anthology format so um each season of fargo takes place in a different time in a different location and with different characters so it's like every season you're sort of starting again if you see what i mean um yeah so with four i again i had that renewed feeling of like season four i was like okay but I, I don't know. I had a, I had kind of a good feeling about season four because season four is set in 1950. So it was a period piece and um, it was starring Chris Rock, who I really like. Um, and it's Chris Rock doing a serious role as well, which is cool. And uh, he's fantastic in it. Um, and happy to report season four of Fargo is excellent. Um, but yeah, after that, I was thinking, what, what, what should me and my family watch next? And we've already done... Um, so with me saying to you about how we're really getting into the Sopranos, uh, the, only, the, the only other show that we kind of bonded over this much is going back a few years was Breaking Bad. Um, like I'm a, I'm a, a big Breaking Bad fan. Um, I, I think the hype has always been very... You're a bad head. I'm a bad, I'm a bad head. Um, I'm a breakhead. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think with Breaking Bad, the, um, the hype has always been justified um which i think like loads of hit yeah i'd I say so. yeah uh I, I love it to bits and i've i've watched it all the way through twice uh once on my own and then once with my family um and the sub- i'm actually thinking about watching it but again because i think i've i mean i'll scroll through netflix looking at things i can't be bothered to watch even though i really would like to which is a weird paradox but i see breaking bad going going i could Oh, I could just throw my life away and watch this again. It's really good. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's cracking. It is really good. Like, I could watch the um the Mike Lee esque awkward family stuff because obviously, like the spoilers slightly, but as you get on further down the series, you kind of then see how awkward everything was at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, uh, for, it's really for sure. it's really painful. I tell you, if you like if you like painfully awkward, um, something I watched a few years ago, which was horrifying in a sort of middle class existential way is Abigail's Party, the um the made for T V film. Yeah, uh, my dad Mike Lee. Uh, my my dad uh told me to watch that ages ago and I've never watched it. Is it with uh Alison Stedman playing Abigail? Oh I, th- I think so. Yeah. I actually I don't think I don't think you get Abigail you might get it for a bit, but the whole th- the kind of the thing of it being that Abigail is elsewhere. Oh, I see. Right. I mean, um, I, the, parents, I think, the parents are trying to have a yeah. I yeah, I I, I, I assume Alison Alison Stedman is the um she's the first person you see. I think uh who's hosting the yeah. I think the it's, party. she's the mum. Yeah. Oh man, like if you 
if you're ever you know if you're ever fed up with like family dynamics and people being like what will the neighbors say watch watch that, that. <laughs> and that's like and it's the most it's like the most painful consequences of uppity showmanship show up show offmanship within a neighborhood it's it's so good oh man um, I, that's making me want to watch it i should, you I ever, should really get on that oh man you'd, you'd love it like if you if you love that kind of i thought i'd be like it was so much more tense than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be like a i was watching it's like oh it's a nod to the 70s it's about family you know but you know things go a little bit all right and i came away from it going like that was so uncomfortable but it was like you couldn't move i i i fucking loved it I was going to say, I know, I know, I know. We brought this up like really early on because I think the 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 producer. Um, uh, I was at the Ouija board one night, and uh, I managed to summon and speak to the producer, and uh, he did say how he appre- appreciated me um, mentioning the wire. Um, have you, Have you ever seen the wire? No, I haven't. I think we've talked about this before that I have never seen it. Right, because I might be able to we transfer at you. Maybe if I do it a season at a time, because I I recently we transferred season four of Fargo to Ludo. Um, I think I did it in two batches. If it's if it's under if it's under two gigs, um, for the for the sake of legality, let's let's on the show let's declare that it is impossible. Yeah, well, no, you're, I'm not going to do it. You're I'm welcome. Just you're about welcome. Hypothetically, if I was going to send it to you. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, because I think I think you like the wire. I mean, like fact, fact. Yeah, I've been told about the wire a number of times. Yeah, like yeah. factually, like, I think the wire is, and for the longest time has been, what I think is the greatest TV show of all time, and is like the high I've, point of like what TV dramas can be in the sense of watching the wire is like for me. It feels like reading a book. Um, however, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've the heard Sopranos. The, the... the Sopranos is getting up there with it for me so far. I'm about a season and a half in, and the Sopranos is is getting awfully close. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just because I'd be really interested to see what you thought of The Wire because it's yeah. Uh, I was actually looking to buy the DVD the other day, and. Um, I took a quick glance in the comments, more so because I wanted to see what the quality of the DVD box was, rather than the quality of the show. Uh, but I saw someone had like given it a one-star review and was like complaining about the actual show itself and talking about how they like couldn't understand any of the characters. Um, and I remember at uni that was an issue. In the first year of uni, I uh, I lived I lived with uh, I lived in, uh, this is a shout out for any of our University of Birmingham uh, brethren, uh, but I lived in tennis courts accommodation uh, catered in block 12, flat six, block 12. Uh, I'm just, I'm majorly doxing myself, but it doesn't matter because I don't live there anymore. Um <laughs> I uh, and, and and me and a group of the people that were there were all big Breaking Bad fans, and I mentioned that they should like watch The Wire, and they like watched it and were like, "Oh, it's the worst thing we've ever seen." Like we couldn't even get through the first episode, and I like, 
I like watched the first three episodes and was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And then when I finished the series, I was like, this is the greatest TV show known to man. So I'd, I'd be very interested to see what you think of it. Yeah, I mean, a, a different group of friends have told me like it's like it, the show arguably has almost gotten into trouble for like kind of showing quite a, a nasty representation of certain groups of people involved within the like the legal framework of, you know, crime to, per, you know, crime to sentence. And yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of got it in hot water. And I think it's it, from what I've heard. Yeah, I've heard is very novel like in the sense that you really get the inner workings of it and like it's never as cut and dry as evidence or no evidence you know it's all you know and from what i've heard it's, it's a show that really unpicks people's motivations to do certain things within like you know the wider you know was it boston mafia or something well it's like the boston is uh Bal- Bal- like some baltimore big... yeah it's uh so Boston, Massachusetts, Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. New New England. Um I mean if someone said, Oh, you're from London, aren't you? I'm like, no. And say, like, oh, it's all the same. Like, yeah, I'd say, yeah, it is all the same. Like the Southeast England is is pretty much all the same. Uh apart from London, which is like an actual place. But yeah, I I'm sure that um I mean, luckily we we don't have listeners so far from the the original 13 colonies so uh <laughs> i'd love some we, da- i'd love know, some delaware listeners <laughs> yeah cause if if anyone knows what the point of rhode island is please email us at plop.cast420 at gmail.com um well, if anyone can tell us what the point of new york state being shaped like a turd coming out of an octagonal arse like that little slither of manhattan i mean I know, I know that it was i know that manhattan was passed on from the dutch to the english um as a result of the english giving over the remaining spice island but like and i know that americans are very much into gerrymandering but it's like you 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 could draw the borders anew and you chose to have this like tiny slither of manhattan there than this massive appendage to the rest of new york Speak, I don't know. Speaking I, of, don't know uh, I don't know how Washington DC works. Speaking of ger- gerrymandering and Ohio, uh, but both of those are song titles and lyrics from my favorite band, Electric Six. So that's another thing that Ohio has going for it. Um, one of my favorite Electric Six songs is called Escape from Ohio. Um, and it's all about uh, how horrible it is to be trapped in Ohio. But I mean, I mean that as a plus. Have, I mean that as a plus for the state because they inspired such a good song. Have you listened to Sun Kill Moon at all? No, but Ludo recommended it to me. Uh, I, yeah, he oh, did. Cool. Yeah, because I've not talked about Sun Kill Moon with mates before, like this group of mates, but like another group got me into it. And there is an album. I can't remember for me the life of. The, I can't remember for the life of me the name of the album, but like. There's a lot of, like, you know, there's a song like God Bless Ohio, but, like, if you, but listening to Sun Moon, particularly the album that's off, I'm going to find a fucking album instead of speculating like a caveman. Just while, like, just while internet, you're, um, just while you're looking, another, another, uh, artist who, like, refers to, uh, a place in his album title is, uh, there's an artist called Venetian Snares, who's really good, and he put out an album called 
Winnipeg is a frozen piece of shit. Um, I think I, be- I, like I, I believe he's. Now. I think he's from Winnipeg, actually. But the front cover of the album is a hand grenade. And so, speaking of places, and also speaking of places in America that our listeners are apparently from, is there is there's a beautiful album by the Mountain Goats called All Hell West Texas. And I like. I, I, a, I really like the Mountain Goats. Actually, I've not heard much of their stuff. The, on, is, the, old, the only album I've heard all no, the way through is, um, oh shit, what's it called? Um, it's the one that's got no, no, I could, no children on it. Oh yeah, my sister showed me. Like, I think my sister and another friend had like within the same week showed me no children because it's just like. Talk, going on about you know going back to Abigail's pie, it's like if you're sick of the nucleic family, yeah, like, listen to no listen children. To no it's such chil- an incredible. Listen <laughs> to no children. I forget um, I forget that album, but I would urge our listeners to look up the I've album. Not listen to album, because but... the whole album is like a story of this marriage, and it's brilliant. Um, uh, okay, I... if you, if you like that, you'll you will. I'll, I'll listen to the album myself actually, but please listen to All Hell West Texas because I think as my friend described it. It's what you imagine your twenties should have been like, uh, but it's. Um, I'll read the. Um, I'll read the tagline for it. Um, it's also like. Uh, it's like, a cornerstone of like recent lo-fi music. Again, that's something that has, like, guided by voices and the mountain goats has inspired me because it's like, well, the recording can be janky, deliberately janky, and it's still fucking amazing. Um, but the tagline in terms of the the sort of the through line of All Hail West Texas is 14 songs about seven people, two houses, a motorcycle and a locked treatment facility for adolescent boys. And nice. like, I mean, I couldn't tell you where each of those things are, but um, fuck, fucking listen to it. There's, um, like, I'm giving you more shit to add to the list. While, while we're on uh, the Mountain Goats, another good album uh, I listened to by them while I was at work. Uh, just a, b- a bit of uh, just to clarify, uh, before July of last year, before I got made redundant, I used to work as a proofreader, and um, it was a really really good job. And uh, we used to be able to basically wear whatever we wanted, and so long as we proofread, we could basically listen on the computer to whatever we wanted. So I, I used to I used to proofread and listen to Spotify at the same time all day. So I got in the habit of like just listening to loads of albums that had been on my list to like get through. So one thing I did was like I listened to every single Beatles album, uh, you know, every day for a week to get through them. And, uh, you know, but anyway, one of the albums I listened to all the way through was The Mountain Goats. And it was an album called um, Beat the Champ. And it's one of uh, the uh, I forget the gentleman's name, who is The Mountain Goats. But I know it's I know it's one guy. Um, it's one of his more recent recent uh, albums, and it's yeah, I really liked it because it's all about wrestling uh, and like lucha libre. Uh, but yeah, beat, that's another good one from Mountain Goats. Beat the champ. Was it Tallahassee the other album you were talking about? Yes, I believe it is. I think the album is Tallahassee, and I think it's uh, yeah. The whole album is like the it starts with like the the couple meeting, and then it goes all through their marriage and like to the end. And uh, yeah, no, no children sort of comes before the end. But yeah, no children is just like it's, it's just about yeah being stuck in like a loveless, a loveless marriage. Uh, yeah, it's it's brutal, but it's such a beautiful song. 
And interesting, the um, talking about the song "God Bless Ohio" by Sun Kill Moon. I found the album is off. Um, it's an interesting album. Like it's 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 long and like there's quite a lot of like repeating beats, and it's very much like kind of like Gil Scott Heaven, where it's like sort of like a lot of kind of talking with a different cadence over like the music and with the bit of singing. But the album is called Commoners Light and Love or Red Valleys of Blood. And from what I understand of the album, it's essentially he Sunky Moon, like the artist, um, he was reading this news story about a girl who died in a hotel room in really mis- mysterious circumstances. Oh, no, God. I think she was no she was found she was found dead in a water tower. And like, and it's kind of the story of him going to look at the room and kind of stay, you know, like actually see the hotel. And so like some other stuff about the song, but the main through line is him like talking about like his, his adventure to go and investigate it. And his wife think, you know, his partner at the time thinking he's a bit, he's a bit of a mentalist for doing it, but um, that's kind of the backdrop to it. But he talks about like, uh, for example, in Lone Star, I think it's, it's about the Lone Star State, Texas. I think it's called the Lone Star State. And he talks about how um, he has. A, he talks about quite a bit of beef he might have had with like the music industry and like you know, not not in his example like not have you know having a gig where they don't discriminate in toilets like saying go to the toilet of your birth gender and that kind of thing. He's like he's not discriminating in that regard. It's an interesting album. I think that just because God bless Ohio reminded me of that. What was the um, was it Winnipeg is a frozen piece of shit? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you can quickly maybe Google it just to make sure I'd, I haven't got it wrong. But yeah, so the 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 artist is the guy. Uh, it's Win- the, Winnipeg is a frozen shithole. I think that's, that's it. what it is. It's, I think that's Win- what it's called. Yeah, and it's the the artist is. Yeah, I've got it open on Spotify. Venetian so. snares. Yeah, I'd say be prepared though. It's it's not for everyone, but uh, yeah, I really like it. It's like really sort of abrasive, like industrial noise music but um yeah um was i talking to you about strawberry jam the other day no i think it was um i think it was dan ellis i think but are you familiar with animal collective um not so much i i know they're a band uh but i i've not really heard any of their music um because i used to live with dan um he used to go on about them all the time um and uh i think he was like playing i think he had a house party at one point and uh he was playing it really really loud and i turned it down and he came over to me really angrily and he just said the phrase you don't turn down animal collective (laughs) (laughs) but i know so uh the answer is no i don't i don't really know much about them um it's only that, um, in terms of these mad concepts, there is there's an animal collective album called Strawberry Jam, and like a lot of their stuff is like really is like very very alternative pop, like very much like based on like very musically discreet, but like very repeated, repeating and kind of like sometimes difficult to listen to, like repeating motifs, and because of very like all over the place sort of singing, but. I think a lot of the music on Strawberry Jam was inspired by when I think at least Panda Bear, one of the main people in the collective, and maybe one of the other band members on a flight, and they got their in-flight ready meal, and they—I don't know if you've, you can picture such a thing, but like imagine you're getting like an in-flight breakfast or like a really cheap um, hotel breakfast mm. that you could get in your room. Yeah, 
and um they opened up what was was meant to be strawberry jam but it was like a sort of gelatinous kind of disc and i think they tasted it and it was really fucking acrid apparently but like that they wanted to try and recreate the sort of the offensiveness of that cheap strawberry jam constitute um well that's the sort of strawberry jam composite with like really uh kind of abrasive forms of their own music apparently i think i think that's how they came to their their creative ideas on that particular album to just think of uh silly concept albums mm. where are we at for time i think to be fair as as normal i've surprised myself very pleasantly with starting off with one thing and barely coming prepared to this sorry listener but we've we've gone on about we've gone on about life we've gone on about music we've gone on about telly we've gone on about friends you know i think i think that's you know that that's worth listening to i think i mean not that that's what we do it we do it for ourselves like and that's that's the beauty of it that there's no i mean like the producer occasionally like rattles a glass in my room like without touching it you know if the if there's some things I haven't done in the edits, but on the whole, I think everyone's happy. That's all right for you. I do. mean, in in my room, the producer like lifts entire sets of drawers and like throws them crashing across the room. <laughs> he, he he picks up my mum and like throws her around from wall to wall, <laughs> and I keep telling the local priest that there's poltergeist activity in my house, but no one believes me. Well, he, and he's in, been paid, you know, he's in in cahoots with the church. Um. Well, I didn't really think well, he had any. Yeah. He, I don't think he has any use for money where he is. What the priest or? Yeah, the producer. I've said his name. Yeah, you said it twice now as well. Well, maybe you can edit this out. Hey, this might actually be a good good excuse to use a bleep function. That might be really fun. See if you can find because I meant to ask you about this. You know the sensor boop. You know for swears. Yeah. The- yeah, yeah, go go grab it. I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could find that. Yeah, then insert that in. Oh, and this will be funny as well because what you can do is put it in now, and then like when people are listening to this now, they won't know what we're talking about because they they will have only heard the boops. Ah, oh. yeah, that's a good plot. Yeah, cast. I like that idea. There you go. Like, if you're worried about contributing, there we go. That is a there's a solid idea in terms of the composition of the episode. Yeah, but to be fair, mate, I'm, I'm kind of asking you to do the legwork, though. <laughs> so I'm not going to feel... I, I, won't, I won't feel too comfortable about contributing. I'll feel better once I... Uh, once I put the rest of these episodes on YouTube and also maybe, like, come up with some more ideas and actually maybe some stuff that I can put into the social media strategy. Uh, I don't know. Any listeners who have a passion for social media, please feel free to get in touch at the gmail address uh which is mm. i believe it's plop so so it's either plop.cast420 at gmail.com it's it's that one before you can muddy the water with another address it is plop.cast420 at gmail.com oh nice because I, I, I wondered if it was the same and thing, i hope i hope without, you appreciate the dark. i hope you appreciate me i hope you appreciate me using a short a for cast um instead of cast oh cast oh so yeah hope... yeah no nice one man thanks yeah no i hope i hope that i hope that goes noticed or doesn't go unnoticed well to be honest i've never really um, noticed you say arse for anything like bath or cast or mass well i think i used to be i used to be very pedantic about it and i think i've ever told you the story that my mum and 
one of my sisters, like, sort of quasi-jokingly said, like, I hope that when you go to uni, you'll learn to speak normally. And what they meant was, like, speak in a more um, colloquial vernacular rather than being, like, really worrying about the precision of stuff and, like, loosen up a little. But they wouldn't have expected us to come... What has happened and what they weren't expecting is to me come to come back from uni and come up with phases of don't care, me likey. Or c- that's c- not c- what or was c- or Kapigas, or um, Be Organised, what? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Kapigas, I think, is your crown jewel. Yeah, it might be, yeah, it might be one of my mag- uh, top five, I think. Magnum, top five Magnum, or ten. Uh, Magnum Gungus. Magnum Gungus, yeah, there you go. That's another thing that I don't think they'd expect me to say. Magnum, cr- Magnum uh, uh, Krungus. I'm sure I had a laptop bag that was Targus, which I'm pretty sure is one of the point scores in Tim and Eric te- Tennis. Um, is, not uh, only was it that, it was also uh, Targus has come up so many times in Tim and Eric. It's brilliant. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it an ELP song as well? Isn't it? It's, it's an um, album or something. So it it came up as I think a storage unit. One of them was advertising in a sketch. And it also comes up when uh, Eric visits the bank, and it's like an automated touchscreen system. And it's the bit when he's he's like pressing the screen, and it's like, "Do you live in a hole or boat?" And then it says neither, and he's like, "Eric's like, oh well, neither." And then it's like, "Okay, I think you said boat," and it's like, "Is your boat a C-class fishing vessel or used for commercial fishing?" And he's like, "Oh no," and then it's like. I think you chose commercial fishing. And it's like, <laughs> what is your boat's name? And then he's just like shouting for help. He's like, hello, can I have some help, please? And then it's like, okay, your boat's name is Tar- Targus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, and then he's like, uh, the final like selection on the screen is like, your wife's new legal name is Targus Targus. It's so fucking good. And that then, it's, it's that then kind of... leads on to the, uh, the incredible Pizza Boy sketch with David Cross. Oh, yeah. yeah um, I think it's, it's good that, that that sketch kind of makes fun of, you know, they're like, you have chosen this, you know, instead of... But like, it clearly, like, it doesn't set out to be, like, pretending to get a word from you that you didn't actually say, but kind of set a syllable of. It's just... The machine is just going through a script. Oh yeah, yeah, just it's just to get doing to the its word own targets. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also, just to get um, to the word I also hope listeners don't mind that we're just quoting, not comedy we've written, but we're just quoting comedy we like. But uh, you know what? I think a lot of what Plopcast is is they just want to uh, hear what a conversation is like between me and Sam. And guess what? Fair, this if, is if, what it is. We just quote if. <laughs> we just quote comedy each other we like and then if you imagine us and, that, and that's been the way it's always been and that's yeah. and that's how we and to be fair if social media has taught us anything is what people like is hearing themselves back at themselves and so two words we don't need to preach to anyone yeah two words vacuum chamber <laughs> do you mean echo chamber yeah sorry i got that wrong i've had a lot to drink oh fair enough well, I was, I was kind of, so I was talking about the idea of going back to Sainsbury's to get a bottle of wine or something. Um, I don't know why. I mean, like, I know that, like, if I have been drinking on the trot for a few days, 
I tend to get more anxious and depressed by the time I stop, but um, maybe I'm trying to forget the lost files that I've lost. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, so long as it wasn't anything like super serious. What would you class as super serious? Like family photos, financial documents. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, I've got family photos backed up. So for some reason, I've got them all. I think I took them off a little SD card so that I could show, I could then swap out whatever was in there before with photos of me being in Berlin. You see, that's a good idea <laughs> because I, uh, a few years ago, uh, well, I say a few, few years ago when I was probably still early days of uh, secondary school, I um, crashed my family computer and like lost so many family photos. Uh, oh, that makes me feel better. And that is, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is awful. a burden. I'm I mean, that, to, I mean, that's, that's I'm that, gonna have to live with I mean, for the rest horrendous. of my life. But uh, as a result, I'm now more paranoid, and I make sure that my parents like back up all of the family photos and and stuff. See what I mean about learning these behavior, learning these patterns, is because something you know is yeah, it is exactly. A nice you thing. see, I, mean, like, I hadn't thought about that in uh, in about you know ten years. So cheers for that. <laughs> But so just, just, just to let the listeners moment. know, I mean, I am like a complete cunt. You know, that is like, you know, I mean, like what kind of person does that to their family? I mean, like my dad had like so many family photos all saved and backed up on the computer. Like we're talking like photos of like, you know, us, as, me and my sister as kids, me and my family, you know, all lovely, happy family photos. And, and I managed to lose them all. Um, that makes me feel a bit better. Good. But I think. I mean, I, I would say don't carry that with you because you've still got your family to have the memories. Well, I've with. only just remembered it. Um, well, we've been we've been happy cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to remember cast. Yeah. Welcome to plop cast your mind back. That's not, I should have said. That sounds like an Alan Partridge sting. There we go. I think um, we need a jingle. We need a fucking jingle here. I'm making like the, several I'll jingles. make the jingle at some point. There you go. Get your keyboard out. Get your bass guitar out. And that's what you're limited to. <laughs> Not... No, seriously. Like, you've been putting off learning it. I have. I'm going to say here. I'm, I'm going I'm to do an Ellis here and go, just fucking do it. Um, And like... But use it. But use it as like a. I won't make anything like serious or like anything that I'm gonna like live or you know, build myself as. Just, just literally go like duh, 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 on one of the instruments and then go like brilliant. Like not looking at it ever again. Send it to Sam. Then that's going straight in our show. I'll hey man, I'll do it. I mean, the only issue I have is um, I don't have an amp for the bass, so I have to find out a way around that. Uh, mm. does a keyboard even better if the keyboard has a really terrible onboard preamp and then its own sound projector like even you can use MIDI if you want but maybe you know if not make it lo-fi you know make it you know make it as <laughs> as fast make it lo -fi. as possible like, who's don't... gonna know <laughs> it's gonna be mine and your little secret I will Shh. I will, I will know, and I will love it because I now love lo-fi, and it's lo-fi has inspired me to be imperfect, 
And if that's not something to be proud of, I don't know what is. The only thing I'm concerned about is when I make the Plopcast jingle, it's going to be going on every single Plopcast from now until me and you are both in our 80s. Well, what that means is then you that gives you the impetus to make another jingle. And then <laughs> before you know it, before you know it, you'll have like a handful of jingles. Then you'll go, what if I put them all together? What if I knew how to play them in a string? And then what if I put extra notes in between them to actually just have a single note transition between these three note pieces? And then you got a little song. And then, uh, yeah, and then, then before you know it, you'll... Um, You'll be like me. You'll learn a pentatonic scale, and that's all you'll ever do. You'll never, you'll never progress beyond teaching yourself the pentatonic. If you're me, oh, but, hey, no. man, I've heard, I've heard if... the pentatonic scale is a pretty good scale. Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's um, it's I mean, for whatever reason, I captured when I was you know by teaching myself the guitar like on and off. But like for whatever reason, I just kind of captured the automation to do that at some point, and I've not been able to recapture that that lightning fast ability to automate a scale since then but you know but clearly like this is something with playing the guitar helps in this regard because i can clearly remember when i was terrible at it and then know where i made leaps and bounds and it's like oh okay that's really easy like it takes time and like i'm like all of us in my like myself and my sisters are all so impatient that we kind of want because we were able to kind of tackle things quite quickly, it's like, if it takes effort, it's like, nah, fuck that. But, like, I need to have a more of a growth mindset. And I know I've had it before. Like, with this show, as an example, like, how we've, you know, learned, learned to kind of get into the flow of it as a, as a small example, or, you know, playing guitar. Um, or even, like, today, like, I, um, for all the stupid data loss stuff I've got, which I'll probably be barking on about for another week at least, but... I managed to write a bit of code which told me, based on the corrupted files that I couldn't fully recover but got the names of, what I'd actually lost. So I could go like compare two lists, what's not in the in the first list, and so that kind of helped me think. Well, it's not that important, but but it's not having these little things that show like constant growth. I don't mean like a hustle porn way, like this quarter was better than the last quarter. So I mean like the point is like you, you, the point I'm trying to make is have a like annoyingly with instruments like fuck around on them like you kind of have to fuck around on them even on the bass like without an amp just kind of you can kind of just get you know you might not be able to hear it as clearly as like say with an amp but you'll be able to hear some differences in the notes excuse me um and at least kind of getting the positioning right yeah, and, and, uh, and also, so for more on uh, Hustler Porn, uh, just watch uh, This Ain't the Golden Girls. Uh, I've been Tom, that was Sam. That was Plopcast. Yep. Goodbye.